You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. All righty, kiddos. Welcome. Welcome to The Rob Carson Show. Guess what? I'm not Rob Carson. Not Rob Carson. This is Chris Markowski sitting in the... Uh, the big chair today for Rob Carson as he is enjoying, and rightfully so, his uh, holiday season. I Just as much as I hope everybody else out there is as well. Uh, if you're not familiar with me, I uh, am the host of the Watchdog on Wall Street radio show, and I've been doing that since, what, 2000? Man, you know, you know you start getting old is when you start dating yourself in decades. I'm like, holy shnikes, I've been doing it since 2000, but anyway... Anyway, I, it's a busy time of year for me because, again, watchdog on Wall Street, owning a financial company. Uh, my phone's basically ringing off the hook. Uh, various different radio shows, TV shows asking me on because they want me to tell the future. They want me to come on and they want me to give my predictions for 2024. Every, like clockwork. It's all of these producers around the country. They have to fill time for crying out loud. And they get all of these people out there. And then they, what, what are these, all these great opinion makers and Wall Street experts and economists? What do they have to say again and again and again? This might happen. That might happen. Nothing. Nothing of any sort of use to you whatsoever. But um, you know what, kids? Kids, children, friends, everybody out there, I'm going to do something special today. I am going to break it. I haven't broke this thing out in a long time. In a long time. I'm breaking out my crystal ball. Yep. Yep, I, I, I happen to have a, a crystal ball, and we're going to take a look at it. So, you know, let's, let's you know, what have we seen over this past year? ton of inflation, and we're going to talk about that on the program as well. We've seen enormous volatility when it comes to the, the stock market over the course of the year, even longer. We've got concerns about manufacturing and government spending and government shutdowns and problems in the Middle East. So what does this mean for 2024? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be that? Well, you know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to take a look at my, my crystal ball. Now, first and foremost, we're being, um, we're being told right now, being told that the, the Federal Reserve might be lowering rates into next year. But you know what? I'm going to look into my crystal ball, and my crystal ball is telling me that, oh, my Lord, the opposite's going to happen. <sighs> yes, rates are going to go much, much higher. We're talking 15 to 20% range. My, my, you know what my crystal ball is telling me, too? Unemployment. Unemployment's going to hit 13 percent we are going to see businesses fail banks fail we're going to have more terrorism we're going to have a major market correction and guess what we might even see assassination attempts at major political leaders how many people out there want to go out invest at this point in time or how many people are going to go out there and be buying some sort of, uh, you know, Glenn Beck uh, bunker or something to that nature? Well, let me tell you something about my crystal ball. My crystal ball doesn't tell the future. It tells the past. All, all, all the events that I just 
told you about, they happened between 1979 and 1989. And in that period of time, where where'd the Dow go? From like 800 to 2,700? That's about 18% a year? So what am I trying to get at here? Okay. All of the people that on TV, all of these pundits out there, they want you, they want you to be addicted to this ridiculous hamster wheel. Buy, sell, hold, do this, do that. And more often than not, again, I've been doing this for a very long period of time. What do people do? They buy high and they sell low. And they listen to these so-called experts and they're wrong again and again and again. You know, the biggest obstacle to financial success in America, and boy, do we have problems. We have, we have economic problems coming forward. Absolutely no problem. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about whether or not we're going to hit a recession and what to do. The biggest obstacle to financial success in America, it, it, it's not lack of opportunity. It's lack of patience. It's just that simple. It's lack of patience. And, and that's what people need to, to get back into. I, you listen, you know, I, I, I've been doing this for a very long time, and you might be familiar with the, the Greek myth of Sisyphus and Sisyphus having to push the rock to the top of the hill and it falls back on him again and again and again. And that's what it's like. That's what it's like for guys like me in my position, trying to teach people out there to do the right thing, not to fall victim to all the fads, all of the scams that are out there. And why do I feel like Sisyphus is because again, I get in the phone calls. And the emails all the time. I did this. I did that. I should have listened to you here. I should have listened to you there. What you need to look at, okay, you take a look at the financial picture for 2024. So many things could happen. Again, what we're watching, we're going to talk about today on the program. We're going to talk about the Middle East. We're going to talk about Ukraine. We're going to talk about the Bidenomics and the effects of Bidenomics and too much government spending. There's this, you know, there was my, when I was a kid, I was a kid, my, my mother used to, uh, you know, we, we, I have three brothers. And when we would get rambunctious, she had this little um, fake monster that she called the Muchker. And if we didn't behave, the Muchker was going to get after us. And, and again, that's what the media tries to do when it comes to financial calamities and panics and even recessions. It's like this big monster that's lurking out there, the recession monster that's lurking out there. Believe it or not, believe it or not, Stock, the stock market, markets in general, outperform during recessions because they're anticipating coming out of the recession on the other side. So all of this fear and worry and all this stuff, it makes no sense. One theme that I like to you know, get across to people out there is you want, you want to build up your finances. You want not just your finances, the world around you. You want to build a, a robustness, a resilience that's different. Being robust and being resilient to, you know, to shocks, to panics, to all these things, that means you can withstand them, and that's all well and good. But what we try to teach people, 
And what you have to learn to do as a human being and all everything that you're going to get hit with in life, because again, you're going to constantly get hit all the time with all sorts of things. You want to come out on the other side stronger. You want to come out better on the other side. It's, it's the opposite of fragility. It's anti-fragile. And that's not my word. That's uh, philosopher uh, Nicholas Taleb's concept. And he wrote a great book about that. But isn't that something that you want to look for and achieve in 2024? You want to be able to tackle problems. You want to be able to confront problems head on without fear and then come out on the other side better I know, we're, we're at that time of year. You know, oh, it's resolution time. It's resolution time. Resolution reality. I don't like, not a big fan of the whole, the whole concept of resolutions, New Year's resolutions. And, and I'm not a big fan of it because to me it's, um, as Donnie Brasco would say, it's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. If you've got to wait until January 1st, January 1st to start doing what you know is right and to make that, that change in your life that you need to make. If it takes a, a day, January 1st to do that, well, then I don't think you're probably going to stick to your resolution. I mean, a lot of people out there that um, they like to exercise and go to the gym. We all know you, you, you hit you hit January, February, maybe even into March. Oh, man. That gym is packed. There's people, everybody, yep, they made their New Year's resolution. We're gonna, I'm going to get myself into shape. I'm going to work out. And then you get into March and you get into April. And then the numbers start to drift off. Don't do that. Make, make that commitment in 2024 to make yourself better, to improve aspects of your life, but you don't wait until you, you start today. If you're truly committed, anything that you want to do, if you're someone says, you know what, I want to, I, I want to be involved. I want to be, I want to pray more every single day. I'm going to download the halo app or Bible in a year, whatever it may be. And whatever, however you want to improve yourself. Don't wait till January 1st. You don't need a new year's resolution. You need a today resolution. And this, again, this is applicable to everything in life. This is, I, I, I've been, you know, yeah, financial preparation, financial planning. I own a national financial planning firm, been helping people all over the country for three decades. What I teach is it's not magic. I don't have a magic algorithm. I told you, I don't have a crystal ball that can see the future. We have basic fundamentals and the things that we do that we practice again and again and again. And if you do these things, and, and again, throughout your entire life, you're going to be successful. You're going to be more successful at work. You're going to, for kids out there, young people, listen, you're going to be better at school. Subtle changes that you can make every single day that can take you to the next level in 2024. And, and again, I know, and I, I, I kind of started drifting away from, because uh, I, I do, I make appearances on, on cable news programs from time to time, 
and I, I do enjoy doing it to some degree. But let me tell you something. Yeah, you get addicted to a lot of that stuff as well. Social media, cable news. Okay, it's going to bring you down. It's going to bring you down. So, you know, start focusing on yourself and the things that are positive and the changes that you can make in your life. Finances, relationships. Make that commitment to say, you know, I'm going to read more rather than watching another television show. And then guess what? Guess what? If a recession comes... If a black swan event happens, issues are going to happen on the other side. It doesn't make any difference. You're going to be able to tackle those things, and you're going to be able to come out on the other side stronger. Anyway, we got a lot we've got to go over on the program today. But hey, whoa, whoa, before we, I, I got to make this perfectly clear. I love callers. I love callers. Call in number 800 922 66 800-922-6680. I got a bit of a rule, though, when it comes to callers. People who disagree with me, they go first. They go first as long, as long as we can have a Socratic debate, a conversation on air. Nobody calls each other names. Nobody makes fun of one another. Okay? A an intelligent debate, old school style. Okay, so that's what we're going to do as well. 800-922-6680. Okay, before we go to break, I want you to ask yourself this question, because we're going to talk about next. Okay, what was a worse marketing strategy for 2023? What was worse? Was it uh, Bud Lights or was it Binonomics? Think about it, contemplate, and reflect, and we'll get back to it on the other side of the break and talk about it. Again, don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. I am... Chris Markowski filling for the great Rob Carson. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Okay. So, what do you think? What was what was worse? What was it? Was it uh was the name uh, Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney? I, I think the um, one of the Alphabet people that they decided to have market for Bud Light was that. Which was worse? Was it the Bud Light campaign or was it Binomics? Because they both fell pretty flat on their face. Anyway. Again, you can sound off 1-800-922-6680. I am Chris Markowski filling in for Rob Carson, the Rob Carson Show. So uh, this past week, um, the president, I think he was off to Camp David. Off to Camp David, and he took a shot. He took a shot at the media, which is, I mean, like, that's rich. You got the, the, the you got a big group of sycophants for the most part out there, and he's taking a shot at the media for negative coverage of the economy ahead of his holiday vacation. And uh, Joe, um, Mr. President, I, again, I, I am immersed in this stuff, and the media is going going above and beyond in, in trying to pitch. Binonomics, the wonders, the wonderful world, not of Disney, of Binonomics. A again and again and again. Tell, oh, they actually claim that 
we don't even know any better. That we don't we don't know what we're spending at the grocery store. We don't understand how marvelous everything is. It's like that 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 tune from the Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Really? Really, you're you're obviously not speaking to small business owners. You're obviously not speaking uh, to families out there. You know, it, they talk about inflation because, again, they're going to hit on that. They're like, oh, inflation has come way down. Wait a second. Yes, the rate of inflation has come down. That means the rate of price increases is not racing through the roof as fast as it was before, but it's still going up, and prices most certainly haven't come down. I mean, a little bit when it comes to uh, fuel, but how many people? How many people went to the um, did a little uh, Christmas grocery shopping and, and took a look at that bill and was beside themselves at how much things cost? Yeah, th- th- this is the problem. You know, again, the the wizards are smart on TV. They like to try to confuse and bewilder everyone with algorithms and numbers and big words. But the reality on the ground is, you know better. Be your own do-it-yourself. A DIY economist. Do-it-yourself economist. You, you can't take a look around. You, you don't see what you're paying every single month. We all do. We all do. So that they can, they can continue to spin things and tell us the wonders of binomics and the job growth and all of these things that are out there. But we know better. We know. And they're finally, um, they're starting to pivot. They're going to have to. Okay, because the Bidenomic sales job is not working. They're going to have to pull off a Biden pivot. And what are they going to pivot to? Again, this is a, this is a tried and true. Try and true leftist uh, strategy. We're going to go after the private sector. That's right. That's right. The evil private sector, the people that actually build things and create things here in this country that, uh, in essence, provide all of the funding for government. Yep, we've got to turn them into bad guys again, and we're starting to see it already. Yep, excess profits. Excess profits at big energy and consumer companies have pushed up inflation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to take this ball and run with it. And they're going to blame everyone else for why prices are what they are, why everything is so damn expensive out there. And the reality is it's government action. It's government spending. It's the government picking and choosing winners and losers. It's the government forcing car companies to make cars that people just don't want to buy. It's all of the acronym agencies within the executive branch that put onerous regulations on everything that crushes businesses, that makes our prices go up, whether it be our dishwasher, whether it be our stove, it doesn't make any difference. They're everywhere. And that's what makes prices go up. Got to take another quick break here. You listen to Rob Carson Show, 800-922-6680, the number. We'll be back. Hey guys, it's Carson. Christmas just passed, but I have a really great gift idea. You can still give yourself 
why don't you give yourself the new streaming service, Newsmax Plus? Move over Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu. Just start Newsmax Plus. I subscribed. I love it. Get Newsmax Best Shows with Rob Schmidt, Eric Bolling, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, and more. You also get lots of movies, documentaries, history, comedy. Newsmax Plus just signed up more than 180,000 people. Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone or home TV app. And Newsmax Plus is the only streamer to give you all the Donald Trump rallies. Fox News censors most of them. So get Newsmax Plus today. It's free to start. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's Newsmax, spell the plus, dot com. Start your free subscription. Again, NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax, so try it free today. It's really hard. It's certain bumper music have a difficult time. Difficult time interrupting uh, ACDC happens to be one of them. Those are some righteous dudes. I kid you not. They were down in Sarasota, Florida. Just just the tip. There's a, there's a bar in Sarasota, Florida. They hang out. They watch English soccer games. And one of the cool things that ACDC did is at the, uh, the hospital, Sarasota Memorial Hospital, they did over the entire children's ward with drums and guitars it was just it's really cool anyway anyway welcome back to the rob carson show it's chris markowski filling in to rob carson today we got a got a call we got richie on the line in chestertown maryland and he's gonna he's gonna give us his opinion on what was worse binomics or dylan mulvaney and bud light richie welcome to the show hey chris thanks for having me on uh, you know, I, it's definitely, definitely binomics. It's something based on a lie and deceit, and it's harmed the whole country and everybody. Whereas the Mulvaney fiasco, at least that was a legitimate attempt at a marketing strategy that was failed. And you can even blame that back on the binomics when they're pushing all this LGBTQ stuff in people's faces and, and making them believe that's right and they failed. They're definitely Bidenomics. Oh, you're, I, I agree. You're, you're, you're spot on. And, and the thing about Bidenomics, and your very astute comment in regards to also bringing in the whole DEI, ESG nonsense, because that it's like the, uh, the, 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 the octopus from uh, the James Bond from Spectre there. It's got its tentacles into everything. Everything, when, when you're forcing investment companies to make decisions, when you're forcing companies to hire people that might not be qualified for the job, but you got to hire because some sort of practice that they've instituted. It's nonsensical. It's a true story, Rich, and it's been going on for a while. So I, I'm minding my own business. Obama became president, and I get a phone call. I get a phone call from the Labor Department. And I don't know how they got to, I'm talking, and they're like asking me how many minorities I have working at my company. And I'm like, I don't have a clue. 
I'm like, I, I don't care if you're a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. I'm going to hire the best person for the job. I don't care what they do in the bedroom. I don't know what color. They, it doesn't make any difference to me. You know, show me your CV. Show me what you're capable of doing. That's what America is all about. It's not trying to level everything out or, or put weighted shoes on somebody that's worked harder in the past. And, and again, you're right. It affects everything, and it also affects our efficiency as a country, and it really needs to be done away with. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you 110%. Derogatory, historically derogatory to the whole nation and our whole – as a people, we're just – people need to wake up and just stop falling for this nonsense. Don't let, don't let them fool you anymore. It's ridiculous. I, I do, Richie, uh, and, you know, th thanks for the phone call. God bless this uh, holiday season. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Hanukkah. Um, I, um, I, I think, um, I'm, again, maybe I'm just, you know, whistling past the graveyard, but I, I, I think that the pendulum is starting to swing, and I'm starting to see it. And, and again, I mentioned you, you brought up the, the ESG thing. Last year, last year, right before Thanksgiving, this is when politicians like to really push nefarious pieces of legislation or, or ridiculous executive orders. This was in my industry. The president of the United States came out and said, any financial advisor that does a lousy job with their clients and puts them into ESG or DEI funds and they underperform, they can't be held responsible for poor performance. And I'm saying, I said, wait a second, my, my job as a fiduciary to my clients, is to bring them the best return based upon risk and all these other things. It's not to put various different, you know, pie-in-the-sky investments in their portfolio. That, that is the completely the wrong thing to do. But again, again, it's, it's nonsensical, and God willing, it'll go away sooner rather than later. But again, why, why people feel it? I mean, here's just the headlines here. Even why... Here's why even Americans making more than $100,000 live paycheck to paycheck. The American dream costs far more than most people ever earn in their lifetime. Uh, inflation has created a dark cloud over how everyday Americans view the economy. These, these, this is the reality right now. Now, uh, one thing uh, that I like to do uh, on my program, again, we, we can huff and puff and I can yell and scream about the issues of the day, and I do. But you have to, you have to come up with solutions to the problem. Um, you can't argue with the terrain. There's a great saying, Navy SEAL, said this, you, know, you, you go into war, they're going into battle, and they prepare for battle. And they're going to storm a beachhead, come on, and they've got a map. And then they, they make it there, and they look at the map and what they prepared for, and it's wrong. It's wrong. The terrain is different. So, so what do you do? You, you, go with, you go with the map or you go with the terrain? And, and yeah, it, it's more difficult right now. This is, this, there's no doubt about it. It's more difficult right now. Your money's not going as farther. So what do I suggest people do? You know, deal with the terrain, okay? We still live in America. We still live in America. We still have a low employment rate. There's still a lot of opportunities out there. Start a second business. Maybe, you know, pick up a second job to catch up. We're starting to see more senior citizens actually come back into the workforce, which, you know, this is a discussion for another day, I think is actually a healthy thing, 
not just for the individual, but for the country as well. But this is what we're facing. Yeah, when I, I address kids, you know, these are kids, smart kids just graduated from college and they're getting paid, you know, close to six figures, six figures above after a bachelor's degree, working in various different fields. And when I tell them, especially when they're working in, a, in a, a city like New York City, that's very expensive. I said, get a job on the weekend. You get a job on the weekend, bartend at night, wait to do something else. Because guess what? After taxes, that $100,000 is maybe $55,000. And then you got the cost of living. No, no. Save money. won't be going out as much. And you put extra money away. Start a second business. And these are the things, again, economy was weak, again, decades ago, when I entered the field as well. And that's what I did. And it works. You put in the extra time and get around all of this binomics. Again, binomics made the terrain a hell of a lot more difficult for each and every one of us. A hell of a lot more difficult. But guess what? We can deal with it. We can deal with it. And, and hopefully, sooner rather than later, you know, things will, will slowly get better. Yeah, it's, it's change of leadership, too. It was no, there's no confidence right now. There isn't. And, you know, maybe we'll get into some of the candidates on the um, Republican side uh, of the ledger. And maybe we talk about RFK Jr. as well, because uh, he's making a dent also. A lot of good ideas that are out there that can most certainly turn this place around. Turn this place around. And again, it's simple things like getting the government out of the way. I mentioned that last segment. That's a, that's a killer for small businesses. Um, I, I can't tell you how many small businesses shut down. They just, they, they, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with the rules anymore. I don't feel like dealing with the regulations and everything that keeps coming down the pike. You know, for a small business owner, this is people who have never done this before. The amount, you got to get permits, you got to get this, you got to get that. And you take a look and it's like, it's like you wake up every morning. It's like you wake up every morning and, and you want to start a business and there's a minefield outside your house and you've got to learn you got to find out where the mines are so you don't step on the mines and have it ruin your business blow up but what the government does all the time is they move the mines around so you're constantly playing catch-up all the time with all of these government regulators whether they be federal regulators or whether they be local regulators and people that do not build or create anything when it comes to the federal government Again, it, it, to me, it's unconstitutional what we've created in the executive branch of government. Congress doesn't do a bloody thing except raise money. I don't care if they're an elephant or a donkey. You see them really legislating anything? They punt on all that. They'd rather be going to some cocktail party, shaking down some sort of lobbyist here, there, or everywhere, trying to collect more money. So they, they hand it to the SEC, the FDA, or whatever agency that acts as judge jury and executioner that's that's not how the country is supposed to work but it makes it that much more expensive and then what does it also do is it creates this phenomenon that's called regulatory capture big businesses big businesses can afford regulations in fact they, they like regulations they think that they're great because they can afford to pay them and it prices out competitors. It prices out upstarts. 
That's not what this country is supposed to be. It's supposed to be supposed to be foster. We're supposed to be, you want to have the little guy being able to go out there and build and create, and then that, that's greater productivity. It goes to that that old uh, Joseph Schumpeter, creative destruction. You build a better mousetrap, someone will beat a path to your door. That's the American way. We don't want to have a command and control economy because command and control economies fail. I gave you an example. China. How long? How, how, for how long were all of the wizards of smart on TV telling you that China was going to rule the world and they were going to be bigger than the United States? I, I, I remember, I, what was his name? Uh, <laughs> Thomas Friedman, New York Times. Thomas Friedman's being interviewed. I can't remember what year this was, but Obama was in, in the presidency and he got back from China and he was like wishing upon a star that Obama could have the, the type of power that the, the rulers in China have to make things better. Oh, make things better? I, 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 you understand what's going on in their economy right now? Their birth rate has gone backwards. Youth unemployment, especially for college-age kids, is heading up close to 20%. You have a major property collapse, problem after problem after problem. I'm looking at uh, pictures today of EV graveyards. That's what they are. Thousands and thousands and thousands of discarded EVs that people walked away from there. Their economy is a disaster. Why? Because Xi Jinping came in and said, you know what? Gonna, that Mao fellow was onto something. I want to go back to what Mao was doing. We want more command and control. It fails every single time. And just like the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act under Barack Obama was an absolute disaster, Inflation Reduction Act, CHIPS Act, that go on and on. All this nonsense that binded, just costing we the taxpayers of this country a ton of money for nothing. Like the old Dire Straits song, money for nothing. Anyway, got to take a break. Again, phone lines are open. You want to sound off any of these things. And again, if you disagree with me, we're welcome to have a discussion. 800-922-6680. That's 800-922-6680. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. I'm Chris Markowski sitting in a big chair today. Welcome back. Welcome back. It is the Rob Carson Show, 800-922-6680, the number. Yeah. Central planners, uh, they ruin everything. Um, you, you know the way I try to describe, describe the, the free market? The free market is a wonderful, gorgeous, living, breathing thing. It's like it's nature. It's nature. And what do the wizards of smart, what do the wizards of smart in D.C. want to do? They want to control it. They want to control they, they want to genetically engineer nonsense. And what they end up doing is it turns into some island of Dr. Moreau mess with all these freakazoid companies that don't even deserve to be around, that eventually go under, that can only survive because some sort of government check is keeping them alive. 
Case in point. And again, hey, hey, a lot of Republicans had signed off on this uh, this nonsense as well. The CHIPS Act. Yes, yes, we got to... We got to dole out billions of dollars to billion dollar companies that are enormously profitable. Yeah, oh, sure, sure. I, I, I love it when people come and they, they take my tax dollars, take my hard earned money, and give it, give it to a company that's already a billion dollar company and profitable. I love that when that happens, don't you? Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so far, that $100 billion CHIPS Act, the money is allocated which means it's going to be spent somewhere, somehow. Um, only $35 million of it has made its way out the door. Why? Because the chips manufacturers are saying to themselves, wait a second, uh, this, uh, this Biden fella, he, he, he might lose. He might lose. Maybe they'll pull our funding. Not to mention the fact, guess what? They can build a factory, but they don't have the workers. Yeah, again, this again, this is the, the idiocy. This is the idiocy of the people in Washington, D.C. It reminds me, and I don't know if you're South Park fans out there. It was an early episode, way back in the day. They had these underwear gnomes. They were characters, and they would come into the kids' bedroom and steal underpants. And as it turned out, they had a business, and they showed their business plan. Number one, steal underpants. Number two, question mark. Number three, profit. That's basically government, for crying out loud. Ooh, we got this great idea, but they don't understand how to facilitate any of these things because they've never worked in the free market. We don't have the workers to actually work in these plants. I'm not kidding. The skill set has never been developed here in the United States. It's been developed in Korea, China, and Taiwan. So what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to take the government money. They're going to spend some of their money and put up a plant, and they're not going to have the workers there? Again, it's idiocy at its best. But, again, if, if you, you step away, you step away, and you say to yourself, you know what, okay, um, you know, we this this national security concern. We got to have these chips done here. Well, maybe you have a structured where you know what we're trying to maybe uh, work within the high schools and, and get this skilled work set and develop that skilled work set. Then go on and say maybe or not maybe we'll get build some plants here. Then maybe that might make a little bit more sense. But no, 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 no. We got to have it. We got to have it right now that's washington dc for you waste more of our money got to take another break you're listening to the rob carson show 800-922-6680 that's 800-922-6680 we'll be back Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z 
from anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's TWC Health slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Rob Carson Show. I am Chris Markowski, filling in for Rob this uh, holiday uh, season. 800-922-6680 is the number you want to participate in the program. And like I said, first hour, you disagree, you go to the head of the line. It's just that simple. I, I like to have Socratic debates with people. I think it's all well and good. And I think that this um, next topic... Next topic, I, again, I, you might get a lot of many different opinions uh, when it comes to this. Um, I am, I, I'm, I'm really bothered by this. I, I really am. I, I, I can't stand. I, I cannot stand to see our, our kids, our American service members, basically sitting, sitting in the Middle East, almost acting like. I don't know, drone catchers. Uh, it's it's perplexing to me. We, we've already had, we've already we said somebody that was uh, seriously hurt. We, we had this last year where we had the attack in, in Iraq where we had all of the, the brain injuries as well. You've got all of these Iran-backed militias targeting, using the United States military as bloody target practice again you know i'm I'm a taxpayer here in this country and you know we can debate the merits of the war on terror in my opinion that you know i waste in iraq and waste in afghanistan but we, we spend more than the next 10 countries behind us combined when it comes to our military how is it that we're not frightening the Houthis for crying out loud? How are they not scared of the United States military? I, I, I got to say, it's the commander in chief. And again, 800-922-6680. Uh, you you want to sound off on this? This is, in my, in my opinion, a complete dereliction of duty. You are the commander and chief, you had the National Security Council spokesperson, this Adrian Watson, issuing a statement, issuing a statement saying that the president places no higher priority than the protection of American personnel serving in harm's way. How, how could you say that? At its face, that's that's false. It's false. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to go a little Michael Corleone. Okay? It's insulting my intelligence and it's making me angry. Again and again and again, we're told by the spokespeople at the White House that we want to avoid escalation. 
with Iran. We don't want to widen the war in the Middle East or the proxies there, which is okay if that is your policy. If that is your policy, if you're, you're afraid that you're going to have a widening conflict, you don't want to confront Iran. Then why in the world do you, why in the world do we station there? Why do we, why are you allowing our troops to be shot at? Like I said, drone catchers for crying out loud. Again and again, attack after attack after attack. Oh, I know. We responded. We hit some sort of weapons depot somewhere. It's nonsense. You've got all of these Iranian groups out there that have been trying to kill our men and women for months. What, what, what are we doing? We'll, we'll give them a little slap on the wrist. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll fire a missile into a weapons depot. Yeah, yeah, we had a retaliatory strike yeah, on Monday. Yep. And, and you know, our, our military said it likely killed a number of militants. One. One. I mean, how many millions of dollars did we spend on weapons on that attack and it killed one militant? I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. Again, I... People listening to this program now whose kids are serving in the military, they are in harm's way. I, I, I'm... Curious to see. And again, I've, I've got clients all over the country and have had this conversation with them. And this is the commander in chief. They're almost leaving them out there to be shot at. And again, again, I understand you sign up, you volunteer, you take that, you volunteer. There's risks that are involved. But th this is ridiculous. The Houthis? An Iranian back you know militia in yemen they're they're that you know so unimpressed by the united states military I, I i don't get i don't understand what our foreign policy is when it comes to this got a caller on the line we got uh chris in cantonsville chris welcome to the rob carson show catonsville excuse me Hi, uh, this looks to me just like a return back to the uh, you can't shoot until you got sh you get shot at policy from uh, Obama. Oh, just only on a big, big, big scale. Well, I, Chris, I, I hear you, but we're getting shot at on a regular basis, and we're not yeah. shooting back. Yes, indeed. That's true. Yeah, yeah, we, that's we, right. we, yeah, the shooting back part there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got, we, got from, we got from the Defense Secretary of the United States that he was, you know, so, well, we got a proportionate response. Let me tell you yeah, something, okay? I don't want a bloody proportionate response. I, want I, I don't. I don't want a proportionate response. Respond to any of this, truth be told. Well, again, you know, it was actually... Yeah, well, I, I, I agree there. there, were, there were, but, you know, if you remember back in... Um, this was back in, in 1988. Um, we, had a, uh, we had a ship that got yeah. hit by an Iranian mine. And Reagan unleashed hell on oh, yeah. Iran. Right. Sunk ships. I mean, it went after oil platforms. Right. He unleashed hell on the Iranians. And guess what? It shut them up. I got a hand at the, the Donald Trump. Do it. Yeah, he went after Soleimani, took Soleimani out. Shut 
the Iranians up. This is all that they understand. Right. And they can smell weakness right now. Right. I'm sorry. They're going to jump right on it as much as they can. I, yeah. And again, I, I, we have young men. This is a holiday season. This is not getting covered enough by the press. There, I understand. Yeah, I, I understand it's holiday right season, but this is silly. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. Oh, Chris, appreciate the phone call. Thanks, thanks for chiming in. Again, I, I don't know what – anybody have any idea what our policy is? on Iran? Can, can somebody tell me? I, I, again, I, I would love for somebody to explain what our policy is on Iran. We, we, we just found out that they're you know, upping the ante when it comes to their uh, uh, weaponization of uranium. I guess they don't want to accelerate the nuclear program, but they're doing that anyway. They're doing it anyway. So, so what, are you, what are you doing here? Why have troops stationed there? Why have troops stationed in Syria? I know Rand Paul is trying to get all of the troops out of Syria. Why do that if you are not going to respond? And there was a really interesting piece this past week in the Wall Street Journal by uh, William Lutie, who was a retired U.S. Navy captain, talking about uh, that attack that Reagan ordered uh, against uh, Iran. And it was back, it was April of, uh, April 14th, 1988. The USS Samuel B. Roberts was hit by an Iranian mine while it was escorting Kuwaiti oil tankers in the Persian Gulf. The explosion actually lifted the ship out of the water, ripped a 30-foot hole below, below the waterline, destroyed a 15-foot section of the keel, and seriously injured 10 soldiers. Reagan, again, it was, what was it called? It was like Praying Mantis. Yes, Praying Mantis was the name of the, uh, the operation that Reagan undertook. Anyway, we've got another caller on the line. We're going to go to Greg in New Hampshire. Greg, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How you doing? Well, Greg, how are you? Um, well, wouldn't you... This is just a theory, but aren't they practicing with drones that we left behind in Afghanistan? Well, I, again, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I remember reading about this, this a couple years ago, that you could go to Yemen and they would have a basically open-air weapons market with American uh, equipment that was stolen. Not only that, I mean, you, this stuff is sold out of the Ukraine, Greg. I, yeah. there, there's so much corruption that's involved that, you know, that they got all much black market weapons. We send this stuff over there. It, it's like the it's like the Marvel movie, Iron Man, where, where Tony Stark all of a sudden gets blown up by his uh, his own weapon in the movie. This, this is what happens, uh, you know, when we're sending it to all of these unreliable partners. And, and absolutely. You know, what, what do you think happened? I mean, it was great as money. That's a cash cow. For Afghanistan, hey, we want to make some money. We can mostly put this stuff on the black market. So, yeah, I, I, you couldn't, I wouldn't argue with you there. I do know that Iran does have its own uh, drone program as well, but obviously they acquired that technology from who? They acquired it from us. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a good situation. That's all. Well, again, the problem, the situation would be improved if we actually understood and we actually had a policy. It seems like it's every day we're waking up. I don't understand what's going on. I, I turn on the news. I watch something. I'm, I'm saying to myself, we're the United States of America. 
you know, we've got commercial ships that are being attacked in the Red Sea. Our ships are coming under fire. Our bases are coming under fire from these ragtag Houthis in Yemen and in other places. You know, I, again, I, yeah, I know I'm a, I like to sub-reference movies all the time. It was a great scene, great scene in, in the first Godfather when Don Corleone was warning all the heads of the five families that if anything were to happen to his son when he came back, he was going to basically, you know, raise hell. I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, uh, uh, they, they, uh, they did a couple did a much better job than I did with that. But anyway, you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to have some sort of deterrence. I mean, you attack the you attack a United States vessel. You you touch a hair on the head of one of our military personnel. There better be hell to pay. And yeah, that I, used to be the case. It, it makes you wonder whether this is all part of the, the, the new world order thing that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I, yeah I get, you, got, you got a point there. Uh, again, who's controlling and, you know, who's calling yeah. the shots at this point in time? I, I don't know. And, again, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, Greg, but, I, you know, I got a sinking suspicion that, uh, you know, Biden's not calling the shots. I never thought he was calling the shots on any of these things. I think he's got people. Uh, behind the scenes that are kind of guiding him and pointing him in, in the direction uh, that he should probably go. Because, again, at this point in time, this is not, by any stretch of mind, this is not an American first policy. This is a nonsensical policy, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah I agree. Thank Greg, you. thanks for the phone call. Appreciate the phone call. We're going to take a quick break right here. We're talking about the uh, situation taking place in the, uh, the Middle East and the uh, – Lack of leadership that we have at this point in time. 800-922-6680. That's 800-922-6680. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. I'm Chris Markowski filling in for Rob. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. It is a Rob Carson show. I'm Chris Markowski. Filling in for Rob Carson, 800-922-6680. We're discussing the, um, I don't want to call it, it's uh, the, the dumpster fire that has become the Middle East and the the dumpster fire that has become U.S. foreign policy. We got Frank on the line in Baltimore. Frank, welcome to Rob Carson oh. show. Hi, Rob. Great show, man. Hey, this uh, foreign Thank policy you. debacle that we're uh, in, mixed up in, uh, because of this this pseudo president that we got. He's uh, the the bottom line is the man's a coward. He's a coward. I have some other adjectives. He's a liar. He's a hypocrite. He's a pervert. Based on something the twelve year old daughter wrote in her diary, he's a flat out pervert. And then what we've seen him do on the stage to. A myriad of young ladies being brought up there by their mother, how he sniffs their hair and touches all. He's a pervert. The man's a pervert. And he's a coward. Yeah, Frank, I don't even know. I don't even know, Frank. I'm going to be honest with you. From the get-go, I don't really think that. I never believe that he's really calling the shots. There was a funny movie out in 1990. It was called uh, Boomerang. And there was this character named Lady Eloise. And they found out that uh, she was just the name on the package. She wasn't even doing anything. I I think he's the name on the package. And, again, this is why I think he's got so many supporters still that want to continue to keep him in the White House because they can control him. 
and there, there's got to be people behind the scenes. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Barack Obama. I, I don't know what. I don't want to be conspiracy theorists or anything like that. But we've seen the guy out on, on the national stage. You see him get lost from time to time. We're living in a, a very dangerous world. And, oh. you, you know, I don't want to go back to the, the Trump administration. Um, you know, you can agree with some things. I agree with some things that Donald Trump did. I disagree with some things. But the one thing. The one thing that was you didn't worry about, I wasn't worried about anything when, when as far as foreign policy was concerned. I mean, he had a meeting with Kim Jong-un. There you know, weren't going to be any missiles being fired off. I don't think Ukraine would have been invaded if he was a president. And I don't think Hamas would have done what they would have done. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. Uh, I know. I, I'm with you. I'm right there with you, Rob. The man, is, uh, the man was a wonderful president. He had a set of uh, cojones. Uh, bigger than Reagan's, I think. And uh, the only problem was he, he just sometimes he ran off with the mouth a little bit too much. And I know I was sitting on the edge of my bed saying, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's I, he, I hear, and again, I... He was I, a coward. He was a ca- I mean, he was brave. He wasn't a coward. He was no coward. Not no, I, I, I agree. Frank, I... Pr- I appreciate the phone call. And I, I, I Frank, uh, might have missed it. Uh, this is Chris Markowski filling in for Rob Carson today, and I'm honored to be here. And I thank Rob for inviting me to uh, uh, spend some time with everybody and all of his affiliates around the country today. But, yeah, I, again, I, I you know, I, I'm not a... I'm not a member of any political party. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I used to be a Republican, left the party a while ago. I basically, I'm a libertarian guy. I believe in the United States Constitution. Uh, but, but trying to, one of the, the things that I think Donald Trump did a really great job with was foreign policy. And, and you know, part of, part of the problem we're having right now, a lot of this stuff should have been, you should have saw this stuff coming. With the Abraham Accords, with Israel getting together, Israel getting together with Saudi Arabia and more business being done and that being developed. Iran, they, they, they don't want any part of it. Again, this shouldn't have been a black swan event. There's a, most certainly a failure of our intelligence and also Israeli intelligence. But it's also, it's a sign that we are just not showing strength around the globe the way that we pulled out of afghanistan and i wanted out of afghanistan too but there's a right way of doing things and there's a bloody wrong way of doing things and we couldn't have screwed that up anymore let's have an evacuation from a you know, civilian air force base i mean I, quite frankly the military brass in charge they should have resigned in protest before allowing that to happen when you had bagram air base you could have had that thing handled okay i, I didn't graduate from west point well, I was smart enough to know that that would be a much smarter thing, much brighter thing to do than what we did. And we are not showing strength around the globe. And you could even tie this in. And I'd like to get into Ukraine uh, a little bit later on in the program as well. I mean, oh, okay, we, you know, Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine uh, and we're, we're going to support Ukraine. What's the end game? What's the strategy here? Are we going to just continue to shovel money there as far as the eye could see? Ukraine has one of the largest militaries in the world. We've made it that much bigger. I mean, what's the dollar amount? I mean, we spent trillions in Afghanistan for what? For what? Taliban still in charge there. I mean, what's the point behind this? There's no end game. There's no foreign policy. Got to take a quick break. Coming back. We, I'm excited for this. I'm a big fan 
of our work. We got Chrissy Clark coming up from the Daily Caller coming up next with her hilarious videos that she puts out there. Got to take a break. You're listening to Rob Carson Show. I'm Chris Markowski, 800-922-6680. We'll be back. It is the Rob Carson Show. I am Chris Markowski, host of the Watchdog on Wall Street Radio Show. Fill it in for Rob during this uh, holiday week, and uh, I'm stoked. Uh, we got on the, the Newsmax uh, hotline. I, I was happy about this. I didn't know. They said, Chris, we're going to have a couple guests for you when you're, you're filling in this week. I'm like, who? And uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. We got Chrissy Clark from... Uh, uh, the Daily Caller with us here on the line. Chrissy, welcome to the program. And first, okay, I know it's going to be a big 2024 for you because I, I watch your videos. When's the big date? When, when are you going to get married? Oh, yes. I get married October 5th of this year or soon to be this year. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. It's a great month. I got married October 8th. So it's a, you got a you got a good month. You're going to be all set. Congratulations, by the way, and congratulations you. on your success. You're doing yeoman's work. Some funny, funny stuff that you're putting out there. So uh, you came under the uh, you came under uh, the crosshairs this past week. I, I understand. Yes, I did. I came under the crossfire of none other than Mr. Jimmy Kimmel for the <laughs> horrific, tragic, uh, you know, terrible, no good, very bad thing of saying that gay men with taste would never have ugly LGBT pride nutcrackers in their homes, to which I then went over to my gay friend's house and saw that they do not, in fact, have ugly LGBT pride nutcrackers in their homes. I mean, I mean again, I, you know, think about stereotypes. Sometimes the stereotypes are kind of true. And let's be honest, okay, the, the gay population out there, they dress nice. They take care of themselves. They're, they, you know, their houses tend not to be too tacky. And, you know, a nutcracker with, uh, you know, pride flags all over the place. I, you know, I wouldn't see that in any of my gay friends' houses either. No, it's not, a, it's not a thing. And it was the funniest part of Jimmy Kimmel going after me for those in the listening audience that haven't heard. You know, he just started saying, oh, I, I'm out of touch. People are out of touch for thinking that gay people wouldn't want this. And I'm like, you tell me that from your $15 million <laughs> annual salary and your whatever two billion dollar abc studios like you know nothing you are not in touch with middle america and i can promise you that middle america gay couples are not rocking out their whole house in lgbt pride gear that's why you see those flags all over major american cities on the streets and that's pretty much about it but you know you have to leave your bubble in order to realize that so i'm not shocked that jimmy kimmel has not uncovered that well, I'm going to give you a thing, and I've been much older than you. I'll give you a bit of advice. Don't worry about being canceled by these fools. First and foremost, Jimmy Kimmel didn't write that. He's got an army of writers, and then man, he basically reads it off the teleprompter when all said and done. A lot of the guys end up becoming their own little Ron Burgundy to some degree. And you've got their, their kids out there that are putting this stuff together, and they're hanging out, and they're drinking their scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. And then they read a teleprompter and try to make it funny. So, yeah, don't worry about that. If you, you got to look at it. It's a, that's a badge of honor that you earned this past week, Chrissy. That's really what it is to get oh, attacked by somebody in the mainstream media. Fantastic. Right. 
I was laughing so hard because, you know, I'm glad you know who I am, and I'm sure there are listeners out there that do, but there are a lot of people who really don't. And it has to be a very small manufactured story when half of your videos are of me. I'm just a random YouTuber and reporter. I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, you really have to manufacture this story if half of your clips about this subject are just little old me. So, you know, I do wear it like a badge of honor, and I also know it just really does feed into my narrative, which is an accurate narrative, by the way, that Jimmy Kimmel is manufacturing this story that was nothing into something it wasn't. Well, yeah. And again, I wish he'd probably look even further past your body work. It's it's some funny stuff. I, I did a similar <laughs> story. I saw the one that you did about the uh, the Southwest Airlines and the, the airplanes, and I was like, I did that exact same story. I was blown away by that and again the the story went further on chris i couldn't believe it that the plane you could get bumped from your flight you you pay for a ticket if if somebody decides you know what i'm not comfortable in my seat because i'm overweight and i do demand i do declare that i want that seat next to me and southwest's gonna give it to him yes i mean that's a disputed part of the policy right now is that southwest claims oh you have to buy two seats, but then you don't have to buy two seats. You can just get the second one for free at some of them. So they haven't even clarified their policy. So for some people, they they won't do this. For some people, they will. It really doesn't make sense. And that was my point when I was talking about this for a listening audience that doesn't know it. Southwest Airlines is providing this, um, I, I call it free seats for fatties, um, free seats for people who are overweight. Um, they can just show up and get a free seat on Southwest Airlines. And it's just, it's where does it stop? You know, my fiance is 6'5". He doesn't fit in the seat in front of, like, he doesn't fit in the seat. What are we going to allow every passenger that's over six foot to get a pass on a free flight? Like, it just, where does the madness end? And that's the problem is that they have a, a policy in place that isn't going to be equally distributed to everybody. And that's already a mess. It's just the beginning. I'm sure we'll see even more insane things like transgender roads or something. People are going to call me crazy for saying it, but just you wait. Well, you, you, I'm sure you, you talked about the, you know, California did, declared and decreed today that all stores that over 500 employees have to have gender neutral toy se- section right now. I mean, this is how nuts yeah. we've gotten. But I, but for the, the airplane thing, I actually looked it up because I, I, I like to exercise. I'm a workout guy and my BMI, according to the government, makes me obese. I said, does that count? I asked Tom Cruise is obese, too, based upon his BMI and all these other people that exercise. I said, did we get a free seat as well? I mean, it's patently absurd. And I want to talk about your other one, too, because I was dying laughing with the whole the gym video. That was fantastic. I, I, I've, got, I've got three kids, and i got two boys. And I know. I see you go to a gym, and, and you got these people that are taking pictures. Of them. So I warned my sons. I said, don't you ever bring home a girl that that is taking pictures of themselves all the time and does videos of themselves at the gym and doing this stuff because I'm throwing her right out the damn door, okay? You're, 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 my my mother-in-law is not going to stand for it. My wife said, get, I know. And I said that she tried. These are the women that you avoid, everybody. The, the, you know, there's a Greek myth, you know, narcissist. And I, I cannot believe that this takes place in gyms. It does. There's this new found obsession where women are taking – uh, videos of their workout routines and part of it is cloaked on tiktok as um as just as oh i want to provide easy access to the gym 
But, you know, I don't really want the easy access to the gym routine from some random woman that I don't know that doesn't have any certification in this. I'm interested in seeing some of those videos when it's a certified gym trainer and she has the space to do so. But I'm not interested in seeing your random workout routine that you posted from the YMCA where five men walk in front of you because, you know, you're not certified to do this and you spend the whole time looking angry because men are walking in front of your video. But you're, you're just a just a random person and you don't have any qualifications to be doing this and then these women get so upset about it and then they get so upset when they when men look at them because they're wearing nothing but like a no top and no bottom i'm like i you don't get to just say no i i don't just i i just i'm at a loss of words right now i don't even know understand how you could wear no clothing and then not expect to be looked at in a gym setting. Yeah, I, I, I never understood that either. I said the, the whole, you know, the whole yoga pants thing. I just, I don't have any problem with them. I'm not, you know, some of, you know, I'm not dead yet. You know, when I, you stop looking, you know, dig a hole six feet and then put me in it. But yeah, I, I don't mind any of that stuff, but you're going to complain that people are looking at you and you're wearing things like that and your skin. Well, that, you know, I, again, you really don't have much of a say. I, if I was a gym owner, I would just say, hey, listen, I'm not allowing this at all. I said, you want to come to my gym? Put the phone away. Put the phone away. Yeah. I don't want it's going to make everybody feel uncomfortable. We're going to do away with the problem. Put the phone away. This is not you. Unless, of course, you want to pay me for using my studio or my gym as your studio. As you know, studio. put the thing away. Yes. Right. I think that's part of the issue. And then the secondary part of it is just the obsession with with being on camera and everybody seeing every minute detail of your life as if people care that much. Um, It's just it's a sad outlook on life right now where people need to document every part of their day. Like their day didn't happen unless social media had thought like your your day still happened, whether, you know, user 725 saw it or not. It's going to be okay, But people are heck bent on just showing every single minute detail of their day on social media. And it's an obsession. It, it really just comes down to pure, pure and simple narcissism. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, like I said, to my kids, do not bring, do not, do not come, do not no bring girlfriend, boyfriend to my house that do any of that nonsense. They're, they're not allowed. But yeah, I don't, I, for the life of me, I don't understand that people will be at events yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be at a Jets game watching them lose, and they'll have they'll parade the fans in at at halftime to the thing, and everybody's looking at the entire experience through their phone. I'm like, why would you do that? I mean, you have a brain, you'll have a memory, it, it, it's all there. I mean, you're wasting your time. You don't need any of this stuff in videos that you'll never look at or see ever again. It's a, it's a wonderful world out there, people. You, you can see it, uh, you know, outside of your phone. Very true. Very true. That's been all, but that's been the way that. All of my generation has grown up, though. We don't, we don't know anything different, and it's, it's sad. I do think that there is awakening, an awakening happening, though, as we see skyrocketing depression rates and skyrocketing anxiety rates. People are turning to the Internet for answers. Um, and unfortunately, if people aren't, you know, I always say if conservatives aren't on TikTok, they're not in a place where people are searching for answers. They're just going to find the wrong answers, you know? Um, they'll find... You know, pro-Palestine views all over TikTok. They'll find yeah. all the wrong answers, but people are util- young people are utilizing the internet to find answers. And if all they hear is an echo chamber of left-wing narratives, how are we supposed to shape and mold the new generation? Well, that's—I'll tell you how. The mom and dad. Okay, and again, I—I I, I talked. You know, there's this conversation we have in today's what society to mom about and dad privilege. Absentee, though, because we yeah. live in a, we live in a world where we we are 
sucked into. And Elizabeth Warren actually championed this, even though I'm sure I'm nothing to agree with her now. But back when she was a Republican, she talked about the two-income trap. You have parents that are stuck in a two-income trap nowadays. They let their kids be raised on iPads. And I'm not saying it's a good thing. But yeah. what happens when that is the only case and conservatives refuse to fight online? They refuse to have a presence online on these big social media giants. What happens then? I'm not saying it's ideal, but you can't talk about ideal you know, worldviews. We're talking about the reality on the ground right now. Yeah, my my thing is, Chrissy. When you again, the only place you can really maybe get any sort of traction, right? And I'm, you know, in the same industry that you are, and I put out videos and do all of those things as well, is uh, trying to defy the algorithms. And once they discover who you are and how you kind of backpage to some degree, I know you know Elon Musk on X is trying to do things uh, a little bit different, but it is it's a very difficult space to get traction on if you are trying to uh, push conservative ideals. That's not, not denying it doesn't mean you don't try. Yeah, I, I agree. You try. Mitigated the fight. Mitigated yeah, the but, fight and just given it up to the to the left to let them win on TikTok. And I just think it's a what a losing what a losing feeling to just say, oh, we can't we can't win on here, so we might as not might not try. So oh no, I, I think I you're going to have to fight. But I do, and I'm still a big believer that you know if you're going to have kids, and I know how difficult it is with inflation and everything that goes along with that, mm-hmm. you have to raise your kids, and you have to constantly be instilling them, you know, all of the values, all of the, these these true values, time tested tra- uh, values that will stand the test of time. You got to have the two parent privilege. I think that's that's the best kind of privilege any kid can have. And you've got to be very, very strong in that with your kids. And you kind of got to be on top of what they're learning. You got to have conversations with them on a regular basis and what they're thinking about things and challenging uh, their thought process on things. But again, it's that's a that's a conversation for another day. Hey, Chrissy, happy new year to you. Congratulations on the uh, the upcoming nuptials and, and all the best uh, this year and your continued success. I'm going to continue to watch your videos. You do a phenomenal job out there. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chrissy. We're going to take a quick break right here. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show. I'm Chris Markowski filling in for Rob Carson. 800-922-6680 is the number. That's 800-922-6680. We'll be back. Welcome back, kiddos. Welcome back. It is the Rob Carson Show. I am Chris Markowski, host of the Watchdog on Wall Street Show, filling in for Rob Carson, 800-922-6680. I want to circle back a little bit to foreign policy. And again, I get the great callers today on the line in regards to our foreign policy or lack thereof. And I want to kind of change direction to some degree, go over to the Ukraine. And uh, you go back to the beginning of this engagement, what was happening and, you know, the, the complete and utter failure of strategy and leadership by the United States. Um, again, a lot of this stuff was signaled a long time ago, what may what Russia may or may not do in regards to the Ukraine. And there's a long history going all the way back to George H.W. Bush and the, the uh, end of the Cold War 
and the promises that were made and the promises that were broken and, and a myriad of different things. But as soon as this thing, as soon as this thing kicked into gear, and I, I'm sorry, I'm at a point in time, I don't know about you, when it comes to any sort of any sort of information given to us by the government when it comes to wars that's fed through the mainstream media. Uh, I've been around long enough, and I'm sure many of you as well. I, I don't believe any of it. I, I don't believe a word that is told to us. Again, oh, yeah, this is going to be, we're going to help Ukraine, and they're going to push back Putin. It's going to be an easy win. And I'm saying to myself, how in the world is that possible? It's like, anybody ever read Sun Tzu and the, the art of war? And understand the, the capability of Russia and understand the capability of NATO outside of the United States? Outside of the United States, how woefully unprepared NATO was? Did anybody actually think that they were going to come through with all of the weapons and gear that they promised? They didn't have it. So what we have right now is another taxpayer black hole with no end game in sight. And, and I, I, listen, I, they're, they're talking about trade-offs. Now, this is what drives me nuts. They're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to get money for the border. We get money for the border. Then we're going to get money for the, the Ukraine. Wrong. That's a false trade. That's a garbage trade. Let me tell you why. The border, it's not about more money. It's about enforcing the rule of law, which we don't do. Again, we go all the way back to, to Barack Obama when he said, oh, I got prosecutorial discretion. I'm not going to enforce these rules and laws. You can send as much money as you want. I'm not going to make any difference. You tell me, how much money is it going to take? We're told by all these people, all, all of these, these hawks, the forever hawks, the neocons, Oh, this is money well spent, and we got to keep sending, and we got to spend more. Oh, come on. We put sanctions on Russia? How, how'd that work out? Their oil production was up 7% last year. Come on, people. Time to open up our eyes. Got to take a break. You listen to Rob Carson Show, 800 922 6680. That's 800 922 6680. We'll be back. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. It is the uh, Rob Carson Show, 800-922-6680. Again, I give uh, thanks to, to, to Rob and the folks over at Newsmax and everybody working on the program. Did a great job today. And thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to fill in today. Um, I, haven't, I haven't done a fill-in for a long time. I, I, quick story. Quick story. Um, way back in the day, there was this uh, radio network, and it had Laura Ingram and Michael Savage, had myself, many others. And I would fill in for Michael Savage from time to time. And to fill in for Michael Savage's program is almost like being on the gong show. If he didn't like uh, the show, he would cut you off right then and there, and he would start doing it again. And I, I never got gonged out. Never got gonged out on the Michael Savage show. It's been a great experience, and I'm going to be back again on Friday. 
Um, and again, one of the topics we're going to definitely hit on on Friday. I wanted to get to it today. We just didn't have enough time because we also had a lot of really great phone calls to the program. We really got to talk about immigration. Really, we got to come up with a solution to this problem. I, I, we're listening to the, the news and the bumpers there, and you got this massive, another massive uh, amount of people coming up toward the border. Nobody's doing a darn thing about it. Cities are being overrun. I'm, I'm watching it. I see it firsthand. And what do we get out of Washington, D.C.? Crickets. Nothing. So we're going to talk about solutions to that problem and some of the ideas that have been put forward on Friday when I'm back. Again, thank you so much, everybody. God bless. We'll see you.